Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Journey to the Top podcast, the show where we follow people's journeys to reaching their goal. My name is Juan Carlos. And I'm the other Juan. And today we're really excited. We're back for popular demand. We took a little bit of a hiatus uh, in July, just a little (laughs) bit. Um, But we're back up and running, and we're really excited. We have a great episode for you guys today. Super excited. We have our boy... Mr. Victor Espinosa in the house. Hello, hello. Philly. And all the way from Philly. And uh, just so this. just for this uh, exclusive interview. Um, so we're going to be talking about uh, his story, what he's going through, all the changes that he's been going in his life. Um, so that's what's coming up on this episode. But before we get into any other good stuff, just a reminder of where you can find us. We are on Instagram at Journey to the Top Podcast. Right then and there, you will find a link to all the other social media platforms as well as our own personal social media accounts. And like any media thing, we're all on iTunes, Google Play, and yes, you're hearing it for real, we are on Spotify. Spotify. Believe it or not, we are on Spotify. So listen to us, recommend this to your friends on whatever platform they listen to. Again, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. That's right. So we're super excited. Um, Everything's been happening. I know when, when the Spotify thing hit, I remember taking a screenshot and I sent it oh, to yeah. all you guys. And I was like, we're on Spotify now. It's so hot. crazy. Like, cause I, I always see like really big name podcasts on Spotify. And, um, we had to do a little tweaking to, um, kind of where we host our podcast and, but they made it happen. So, yeah. uh, really, uh, love that. Shout out to Simplecast If you want to host a podcast, do it on Simplecast Cause you can get on Spotify. So, Amen. um, so why we're here. So we're just super excited. Um, uh, here in our parents, Juan, Juan and I have always shared about how uh, we helped out a lot of youth group and how mm-hmm. youth group kind of developed us into uh, the young adults that we are today as far as learning uh, leadership skills, speaking skills, um, uh, a lot of things. And, and then obviously our faith, like learning a lot about our faith and how to put our faith at the center of, of everything we do. And I think the one of the best things that has come out of that is just the friendships that we've all made through youth group, through these years of um, – you know, daily uh, or not daily, but weekly youth group meetings and putting on retreats and traveling together and all the way from Bakersfield up to Sacramento and beyond. And um, we just had a lot of really close bonds with people um, over doing retreats and over giving talks and just sharing our faith. And uh, one of those people was Victor um, and Victor uh, came up in the scene. Um, he's the same. age. You guys are all the same age. Yeah, uh, kind of kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. like around the same age. Around I'm same a little age. older. Uh, just a little older, Slow but um, five years. But uh, Victor came in, and I just remember uh, you just have a very like explosive personality. As far as Boom. yeah, uh, you walk into the room and you could just own the room, like like with anything. You make people laugh, you make people, like you're cracking jokes, but then also uh, you're very like confident in in yourself and being able to come up like as a leader. Um, you know, you're a really good speaker. You're really, um, interactive speaker and musician. And, um, it's just, it's just always nice. It's, it, Victor's one of those people that when Victor shows up, you're like, okay, cool. Victor's here. Or like when we're at a retreat and it's like, is Victor coming? Yeah. Victor's going to, all right, cool. Like we're going to utilize it for everything you could do. Um, and I think that's just a tribute to, I don't know. What is that a tribute to? Like, where do you get all, where did that all come from? Like, it, is it just natural or is it? I'm, I don't I'm know. hearing this for the first time, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. uh, I don't know. I just, I just like really. I really love youth ministry and uh, being able to participate in the church. 
So honestly, it, it just comes naturally, I guess. I didn't know I did any of those things. But since I do, I guess I'll I'll look around and see who's looking, I guess. <laughs> like, congratulations, I'm here. I, guess, I don't know. But, uh, That's crazy because uh, I met Victor. Well, I've always known Victor, but I've never really talked to Victor. Yeah, I no. always thought he was annoying. Yeah, I remember that. To this point, I still do. But now I can, like... <laughs> Nah, I think we got close. When was it? October? October 23rd. <laughs> we have our friend friend anniversary. My mom's birthday. His mom's birthday. That's Scotty's birthday, too. Uh, Scotty's yeah, yeah. yeah this is her own birthday. That's Jessica's birthday as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what? Oh, man. Okay. Everybody's birthday. And then it was funny because during this time, Victor went to go play baseball. The day I met him, he went to go play baseball. Oh, that's when you got the edible arrangement that one time. Was that the same day? That's the same day. Oh, my gosh. That was a really. That I was funny. Scotty's probably going to be cracking up at this. October 23rd, <laughs> 2014. Yeah, 2014. He shows up to play baseball in a leather jacket. Talk about an attention whore. <laughs> and he was like, I asked him. He looked bummed out. And I asked him, are you OK? He's like, oh, you didn't hear? I broke up with my girlfriend. Of course I didn't hear. I don't talk to you. I'm just asking out of like common courtesy. Then that day, I was like, oh, Victor broke up with this girl. What the heck? And then I went home, and I, I was, the girl I was dating at the time. I was the only girl I had. I had this urge to go to seminary to pursue that call, and bam, broke up with my girl, too. And ever since then, me and Victor got close. I think that's Friday we hung out, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. We I went somewhere so. in Fresno, and ever since then, we just kicked. We watched like The Office. Christian thing. Yeah. And then we did the whole discernment through for seminary. He got in, I didn't, which is good, you know? But ever since then. Dude, I remember around that time, dude, remember we were playing tennis at TJ one time? Yeah. And, I was there, and then we just, yeah. uh, we were exhausted and we were talking like, yeah. we should all break up with their girlfriends and go to seminary. <laughs> but that was like, that was like six months before that. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was before that. That, that was Wasn't before that. Yeah. Huh? No, it was before. It was before. Oh, okay. It was before. It was before. I think I had already, I was already. You had already done it. I had yeah. already done it and I was kind of in the process. Yeah. Of uh, doing my paperwork, but that's crazy. I remember that. That's, dang, that's like coming up on like four years ago. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, yeah. That's where I met Victor. I know. I uh, <laughs> I kind of met Victor through his brother, because I would go to Spanish youth group. Um, yeah. And with Diego, we had Diego on the program a couple times. Uh, Diego invited me to uh, go help out at Spanish recollection and holding uh, to go play, and through that I met Marcos. And then uh, Marcos being around, uh, he would invite us over to like your parents' house or. Uh, we would in, even in have get togethers here at uh, your parents' house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I think my my brother wasn't in youth group yet. No, but regardless, it was like recollection. Yeah, we would we would have parties here, um, get-togethers, and uh, and then you came around, and then I think the most I interacted with you was like through TOB. Yeah, I think that yeah. because you were really involved in TOB. Um, and that's kind of where, and then through like game nights and all that stuff, it kind of, yeah. friendship just kind of, yeah, yeah, got bigger. But that's crazy. That's long time. Been a long <laughs> time, but it's been good. So uh, tell us currently, um, you're here for the summer. Yes. Um, you're here back in, the, in California for the summer. But uh, where, tell us, where are you at in, in life right now? What, what's going on? Where do you live now? And kind of uh, take us through a little bit uh, of that journey. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm from Madera, obviously. Um, I live in Philadelphia right now as part of the seminary, which, uh, you know, is, it's pretty great. Um, I never thought I'd be in Philly and being in Philly, it's, 
well, it was underwhelming, but still, uh, it's exciting to be back home right now for the summer, at least be able to enjoy some family time. Um, I started working at Domino's. I know I wasn't going to, just because I really wanted to be part of the church events and whatnot, but they were able to work around my schedule. So Real quick, I think you and my brother started the whole, like, getting everyone to work at Domino's, or, like, you started it. Was it was me and Ray. You and Ray. Ray. And then, and the then at me, and then I invited uh, Luis. Me. Because Luis was and working then, in, the, in the store next us. door. He was working at Sal's yeah. right next door to Domino's. Yeah. And I remember he left. He, he came in, and he's like, that's it, because they had him as a dishwasher. And he's like, I'm done. Like, I'm leaving. I was like, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to go to Domino's. And I was like, that's like right next door. Like, what the heck? You know? But that was so crazy. There's, there's a picture. I, there's a picture. Oh, man. Someone posted from youth ministry. Uh, no, it's a big, there's Instagram. It, did you, or this on your Instagram, where it's you and Luis at the registers, and then it's like Ray in the back. Yeah, like, I took that picture. Might, might, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. It was before you started working there, yeah, right? Yeah. I apply. That's when we were in the process. Yeah, we were in the process. And then me and Juan got hired at the exact same time. Yeah. And that's when you were leaving, I think. You're, yeah. You were yeah. getting out. But, yeah, so that's why we all worked at Domino's. Like, that's so crazy. Anyways, sorry. Oh, well, anyways. Uh, so, I remember the, the start, kind of, of my uh, vocational discernment was with uh, at a TOB retreat in Bakersfield, and Father Sergio was there. Um, if you guys know Father Sergio, he uh, he was basically giving a vocations talk. And I remember I was still with my girlfriend, and uh, he was giving a talk and basically like uh, showing all like what the priesthood really is. And he was really uh, kind of gaining my attention, like uh, more than anyone has ever really you know gotten it uh, when it comes to talks and whatnot. But at the same time, I remember thinking, like, wow, this is amazing. Like, th- this is what I've always wanted to do. Like, deep inside, I've always had this little fire. But at the same time, I was holding my girlfriend's hand, and I was listening to this talk. And I felt like if I was cheating on her and then also cheating on God, because, like, I think I'm called to the priesthood. I think I'm called to do this. But I've been, you know, putting it in the back of my head because I like girls. <laughs> and, uh, you know, v- eventually – um, like we started noticing that little tension and, uh, other things started happening in our relationship and it just kind of pushed us away from each other. Um, until the, there's a certain point, October 23rd, actually October 22nd, she basically said, I just want to be friends now. Um, and, uh, but I still want to hang out and whatnot. So the next day I, you know, I officially ended it. Um, and, uh, then again, that's when I went on my mopey way to play baseball, which I never did. And then Juan, uh, miraculously asked me how I was doing, so then we became friends. I was just hoping he was going to say, I'm doing good. Yeah, okay. but no, <laughs> <laughs> that's, like not, that's not what I do. I tell you everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, from then on, um, I actually got really into my uh, my prayer life. And I remember November November 13th or so, um, they had a, a vocational retreat, which I've never been on, and I always really wanted to go on because, like, we were having that talk at the tennis courts, and I remember thinking in the back of my head, like, I don't want to join and just be part of the bandwagon because everybody was going at the same time. Like, uh, uh, you went Juan Carlos and then Luisito, Rene, um, and then, you know, there was other people that really wanted to go in. Luis me at the time. Um, so I didn't want to be part of the bandwagon and just say, like, oh, man, am I going just because all my friends are going to be there too? Um, so, I, you know, I waited it out um, after that November retreat. And then January – um, very short after I finally told father, like, Hey, I want to, you know, I want an application. I want to join. Um, I've been thinking about this. I've been praying like constantly for these two months, but then he said no. <laughs> and he made me wait like a year. Um, he's like, nah, Victor, you just got out of some, uh, tough stuff. 
Um, if you truly have a vocation, it's going to last. It's going to endure just like anything that's good. Um, if you truly want it, you're going to, you know, or if God truly wants it for you, he's going to continue uh, having you, you know, he's going to continue telling you that that's your vocation and you're going to continually continuously feel it. Um, so eventually I finally, I joined like in, uh, or I turned in my application like in October or so or September, I forget. And I was accepted in December, and I remember I was on delivery when Father Sergio called. Um, and then the, I told Sandy, "Hey, I'm quitting. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go away, and I want to spend the last few weeks with my family before I enter the seminary." So, anyways, that took me to Loomis, which is by Sacramento. And uh, after six months there, I went to Philadelphia. So that's pretty much where I'm at right now at a seminary uh, for the Diocese of Philadelphia. But I'm still with the Oblates of St. Joseph, which is a religious community. Um, and that r I was really attracted to that because of uh, because of their charismas, which is uh, being with the youth, the poor and the elderly. And uh, I, I love working with the youth. Um, it's humbling to work with the poor. And right now at the seminary, uh, we have an apostolate, which is basically to go out and do uh, somewhat missionary work, um, you know, in our own local places. And I'm working with elderly people, which is great. You know, they're, they're honestly really fun. They're fun to talk to. Um, they're funny, and some of them are just weird. But, like, y you befriend them so easily. They become your best friends. But then the next the next week, you have to come in and ask, you know, is, who's still around? Because oh, no. I know. It's so sad. Roll call. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I remember one of my, one of my uh, favorite friends and my best friends there. Her name was Ruth. She's, like, 98, 99. And she was just sitting there. And I remember uh, I asked her, hey, so what did you do for Thanksgiving? Your family come or something? Like, yeah, but I wanted to float up to the roof because I was so fat. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then the next week I came in like, hey, Ruth. And she was gone. The room was empty. I'm like, Ugh. So, you know, stuff like that happens, um, you know, where you have to put yourself out there. And even then, hopefully you gave them something good in return. But also, um, j just to kind of share a little bit of what I've, uh, gone through and, and you've experienced some of it uh, back in Loomis so they start us off like as you know um, in a secular program and a secular school so it means it's not affiliated at all with a uh, with a Catholic Church and we went to Sierra College and right there it's very atheistic and uh, it was a it was a great trial because honestly like you're just going to school and you know normal classes and every everything nobody knows you're seminarian nobody knows that you're trying to give your life uh you know to god completely and uh you know they just talk to you like normal but then they find out and then all of a sudden like whoa man what's wrong with you uh is basically what they say and like are you gonna like aren't you sad that you're never gonna be with a girl i'm like man why do i care about that like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna have this huge family now and uh anyways it's it's hard to explain to people that are affiliated with the church you know why i'm doing what i want to do or what god wants me to do um Anyway, so that was a big trial. And now being in Philadelphia, the harder part is, you know, before I was two hours away from my family. And now I'm, uh, you know, if you want to drive, it takes five days or so. Well, if you take your time. Um, but, you know, eight-hour plane ride and well, five-hour plane ride. And, you know, it's hard because you only get to talk to them over the phone. And then uh, every time you come back, you see, like, your nieces and nephews, like, grow up. So, you know, I, I go back and then you know then i come back again and they're like a foot taller than me now or something like that <laughs> but like uh 
it's just crazy to see how everybody grows up around you and you kind of start, you know, start feeling the burden of that. Start seeing like, oh man, what if they don't remember who I am? But then you walk in uh, to the room and uh, then they're like, Theo Victor, Theo Victor. <laughs> and then they come in and, you know, you have to move your leg over. So, you know, they don't headbutt you in the wrong places. Right. Um, but, you know, it's pretty great uh, being over there. I, I like having this experience of being forced to be out of my comfort zone, being away from my family, being away from kind of having like a like a crutch to, you know, rely on all the time. And, uh, you know, they, they rely on me also, um, but more just for social social support, um, religious support, faithful support. Um, but knowing that I'm over there and doing the, you know, the best that I can do in the sense of my prayer life, uh, committing everything that I have, um, which is my prayer, which is uh, being able to offer everything that I have for them. And the over there, our schedule is very strict. Wake up at 6 a.m. Um, I think you mentioned the, the strictness of the schedule before when you talked about the your seminary experience with Gadi. But, uh, you know, we wake up at 6 a.m. We have uh, morning prayer, meditation, and then mass. And then we have breakfast. Then we go to school. We come back, evening prayer. And then we have dinner. And then after that, uh, you know, we have free time for work. And then we have night prayer. And then we go to sleep. So, you know, we pray, we offer everything to God, and we were able to kind of live around that. So because of that, you know, I have a uh, strong spiritual support. And in the summer, it's always tested because you don't have any uh, schedule to follow. Um, so I've been doing good. I've been doing good. Um, I've at least been doing my morning prayer and evening prayer. Um, sometimes I forget to do night prayer just because, you know, I get home from Domino's like at 2 a.m. or something. Um, but, uh no, it's it's been great. Uh, it's been a good test this summer. Just trying to see uh, that I don't have anybody uh, kind of holding me reliable or accountable, holding me accountable for uh, what I'm doing. Let's talk about that a little bit, just because I know the three of us experienced, you know, that what we felt was a calling or just kind of this um, this urge for the priesthood, this attraction towards the vocation of being a priest and stuff like that, and how you mentioned. Uh, going to like a secular college I remember we would get the same um, those same conversations too with people that didn't understand you know they're like why would you do this why would you um, like why would you kind of give up your life you know to do that and maybe uh, some of our viewers uh, that aren't you know Catholic or anything maybe they might not understand uh, they're hearing this maybe for the first time or for the second time um, what what the appeal is basically of saying okay well I'm not going to get married I'm not going to have kids you know I'm going to kind of cut myself off from that and then put myself through this kind of a schedule uh, where I'm suppressing my fun um, that I could be having, especially at such a young age, because you're still like in your early 20s. You know, this is when most of our friends and most, you know, we're going crazy in college and stuff like that. Like, but what what it, what is that thing that attracts you to to the vocation or um, that keeps you coming back or that keeps you close or you know what I mean? Um, and trying to explain that to someone who who doesn't understand. So, yeah, I mean, I get that question a lot. This even uh, even at the seminary, uh, like in the elderly home, uh, the old folks home, uh, they ask me that a lot. Or people that we randomly meet um, when we're out as a seminary, uh, seminary community. But um, even some people from the Catholic Church don't understand. And, uh, you know, I, I always say, like, well, you know, God, God has a plan for all of us, obviously. And we're all... We all have these vocations that we're called to. You were called to the married life. My brothers were called to the married life. My sister is still trying to figure that out, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, 
but you know i i feel like god is calling me to the to the priestly life and the promise that he made to us is that wherever he's calling us to that's where we're going to be truly happy that's where we're going to have that joy so i mean why wouldn't i you know that's the true question why wouldn't i want to be happy why wouldn't i want to be fully joyful maybe not all the time like super like ecstatic and super like woo you know um but always joyful always knowing that i've that i'm fulfilled because i have god i have god's plan and uh, everything that he wants to do for me you know is part of this vocation um i'll give everything that i have to somebody to a god who's telling me that he's going to make me as happy as possible and you know the only way I know how to be happy is by following God, and he hasn't steered me wrong yet, you know, um, that, like, there's some sad points in my life, but they're always joyful, because I, I realize, you know, with hindsight, that what happened was, you know, for the best, and honestly, being able to be part of something so great, it's kind of a, like, when people ask me, or people want me to share, you know, that I'm a seminarian, um, I'm never ashamed to tell them, like, hey, uh, you know, I'm a seminarian, I'm starting to be a priest. It's more like I feel like I'm showing off, you know, <laughs> like uh, telling them, like, yeah, I'm a seminarian, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a priest. And then, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like like I'm not being humble when I tell them because I feel so honored. You know, it's something so great that, uh, you know, God has chosen me for. And, you know, knowing what I've done, uh, you know, I'm like, what the heck? Like, how how is that even possible? Um, I'm so flawed. How am I going to guide people that are, you know, looking for looking for God when I myself have trouble finding him sometimes? Um, I know that he's there. I trust in him. But at the same time, um, my struggles might be great than the greater than those that, you know, I'm helping. And uh, but I, I just think of, you know, the future that comes. Um, everything that I'm going to do is going to be, you know, forgiving uh, or for others, giving my life to others. Um I remember we have uh, a lot of people ask us, like, hey, why can't, uh, you know, w why is it that priests have all this power and whatnot and nobody else can have it? But at the same time, you know, we have to we have to think that, you know, a priest is actually the, the lowest of all of us. He's the one that's the servant to everybody else. He's the one that's actually giving his life for other people, you know. And, yeah, he's sacrificing some things. You're sacrificing not having a, a physical family, but at the same time, um, like Father Matthew always said, uh, we have this greater spiritual family, this family that, uh, you know, can't can't be broken. Like y even if you don't uh, want us to be your father, you we're still your father, a spiritual father, wh whether you know it or not. And uh, I don't know, that's honestly what motivates me, knowing that I'm giving myself to something that's even greater than me, giving myself to something that will give me eternal joy, eternal happiness, you know, live of the for the next world, not this one. Um, is all I can think about, but yeah, honestly, that th that that's kind of like a summary of what I would tell them. Um, depending how much time they have, drop the mic, eh? <laughs> that's awesome. Honestly, I think from the because I think what's so great about Madeira is that you know our parish is doing something right when you have you have George, you have Rene with the diocese, you have Artie with the friars, you have Vicky, Brother Steve, and even Father Matthew that came out of Madeira with the oblates. And then you have Jessica, who's in Spain with the Sisters of the Immaculate Conception. Francisco uh, Garza. Francisco. I'm sorry, Francisco, if you're hearing this. I'm <laughs> oh, he's also in there as well, you know? He shouldn't be listening to this right now, though. He shouldn't. He should be up there. Uh, Is he already up there? 
Yeah, he's already in Loomis. Tending oh, the field, cool. right? Yeah, for about a month now. Tending the field. <laughs> Tending the field, <laughs> right? We know what it's like, bro. Nah, but we're doing something right here at St. Joachim's where we have a bunch of vocations. And I'm also happy to say that we also have a, a bunch of marriages that are doing really well. You know, that show individuals. We have great examples to show individuals, hey, you want to be a priest? Okay, that's awesome. We have, a, we have great individuals of what's great examples of what it's like to be a great priest. And also great examples of what it is like to discern the vocation of the seminarian. If you're a girl, we have one who stepped up and went to Spain, you know, left everything. Like, damn, I think about when I was thinking, of like, oh, I'm leaving to Sacramento. I'm so scared. This girl just one day she got accepted and two weeks she was out and she's in Spain. Right now she's in France. She's living it up. That's awesome. We have it's amazing, you know, so it's pretty much like pick and choose. You know, you you have we have great role models here at St. Jogan's. Pick and choose what you want. If you're attracted to the seminary life, but you're I think with the guys like that's the we we try to overanalyze anything. We we try to fix so much stuff like, oh, what if I go and the girl that I'm supposed to meet is is here while I'm away? Like, bro, chill. You know how many girls there is for guys? <laughs> There's like seven girls per one guy. You know, you're not gonna die. Nothing is gonna happen to you. You know, um, if you want to do it, do it. That's just what we did. You know, that's what we learned. Oh, let's let's do it. You know, uh, our group of five individuals, a group of five friends who wanted to pursue the seminary, all of us got in. We all got applications. We turned them in, and we all pursued it, and we all got our answer. You know, and I think that's it's amazing, you know. I don't think any other parish has that. Or maybe they do, but where are they at, though, you know? And that's amazing to see here at Madeira that some of my closest friends are, well, married, and we're doing great things here at Madeira, and it's just, Madeira is really underrated when it comes to things. People hate on Madeira so much. Hey, Madeira is where it's at. Yeah, a lot of so great things are happening. happening yeah. yeah, yeah, And I think that that's that's the big thing is how you said, like all all of us that felt a call or that felt something like we all tried, like we all put action behind it. Like we turned in our application. Some of us got in, some of us didn't. Some of us lasted six months. Some of us <laughs> lasted more. Um, you know, but the fact is that we actually went out. And did something about it instead of just kind of sitting in a place and wondering like well what if you know what if what if this or i think he might be calling me but what if you know it's like well, go out and find out you know because you know it's it's beautiful how you said it. it's like like god hasn't stirred me wrong yet it's like and he doesn't like like he he knows exactly where we're supposed to be and um and sometimes we have to um learn right along the way and 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 we grow stronger and grow wiser and stuff like that but ultimately um if we just stay faithful i mean he's 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 got it all handled already like and it's so true like i think i see it more with guys i think because i talk more about this with guys about how we overanalyze everything um but a lot of that is kind of like lack of faith type stuff because if you really have faith and you know how you said you know god only wants the best for you then like why not just go try it out? Cause you know that if it's not for you, you he's not going to put, make you stuck somewhere that yeah. uh, you're, you're not supposed to be. Um, but it's just, it's just so awesome. I love that um, in, in the, in the youth ministry and the young adult ministry or just young adults that we have in Madeira. I mean, like we have vocations, we have, you know, our friends getting married and for the most part, everyone's still at the parish, you know, um, yes, we lose people along the way and, and it's tough, you know, and we pray that they'll, they'll come back to the church and, um, and find God in, in his fullness. But, um, for everyone that's stuck around, I mean, 
we're, we're all striving for the same things, you know, and it's, it's awesome to see how uh, God kind of puts us in certain places for different, for our different skill sets to help in different ways. Now, I remember being, uh, when I did my recollection retreat, I was 14, and one of the talks, uh, uh, I think my Nino gave it, which is uh, Ramiro Garza, and he was saying, He's all, look at the people that help out at church, like the the readers and the ministers and even the priests. Because at the time, I think it was just Father Larry, Father Lupe, and, and Father Carlos or something. Uh, he's like, they're old. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, who's going to replace them when, when they're not here anymore? He's like, you guys. You guys need to replace them. You know, some of you are going to be priests. Some of you are going to be, you know, readers. Some of you guys are going to be lectors. Some of you, like everything. And I was just like, yeah, that's right. You know, like it's not a us just kind of standing around and, and waiting for it to happen. Like, no, we have to be ready for that, you know? And there's so much now it's like, like we have a youth choir, you know, like, um, you know, kids stepping up to sing. There's, there's every week I see like new ushers, like guys that we yeah. went to youth group with and now they're ushers and like, awesome, like cool. And then readers and everything. So it's like our parish is really good at stepping it up. Like Adi and I live in Fresno. So uh, sometimes when we can't make it to Mass and Madera, we'll go in Fresno and you see the difference like uh, parishes in Fresno, unfortunately, um, like God is always present, like God is always there, right? But it's just sometimes the community, you kind of wonder, the parish, you wonder like, like how much longer can they sustain this? Or, or like, where is the youth? Or where, you know, even the 30 year olds, you know, it's, it's, it's either like babies or elderly people. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, where's everyone else? Um, and Madeira, there's just so much more of that. And I don't know if it's a cultural thing, um, or and also it helps that it's the only Catholic church in Madeira, so yeah. like, like it's the only place to go. Um, but I think yeah, there's been so many blessings and stuff that have come out of our parish, and it's just like, it's just super exciting to to see uh, all of our friends that we're growing up with starting to adult, quote unquote adult. Yeah. So it's like some of us are getting married, you know, like you're getting more and more into your years of seminary, um, and we're trying to figure out what we're supposed to do, like where where God's calling us and. And through all of that, it's nice that no matter what, we're always thinking back, like, what can we help out at the church? You know, like, uh, Gadi and I help out at uh, uh, middle school ministry. We never thought we'd be doing that, but it's, it came upon us, and we're like, okay, yeah, that's that's our capacity that we can help out, you know? Um, like, you know, Juan was a confirmation teacher and stuff like that, and that's that was his capacity of helping out. And obviously, like, being in seminary, that's a whole nother capacity uh, of helping. But... Um, it's just nice to see that the focus is always still like no matter where life takes us, we're always thinking like, but what can we do for the church and what, what can we give back to the church? And um, and we just get that from the examples that we have at our parish. Like we're, we're really blessed that we have a lot of good, faithful people. And, and I think it comes from our priests. The, the, the quality of the priest that we have is really just stand up, just honest, integrity driven, like just faithful, like caring um, priests that just want the best for us, you know. And sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we're just kind of like, well, they didn't let me do this or they didn't let me. But there's seven, eight, nine thousand people yeah. <laughs> like at our prayers. Not everybody can be happy, you know, but it's for the better of the whole community. So, um, yeah, man, we're excited. So how many where are you as far as like your your seminary journey? Like, how does that work? I guess because um, you're I know with a religious um being with a religious organization, like it's different than going in with the diocese. So like, what's the timeline look at from, you know, where you're at now to God willing, um, when you'll be ordained a priest. So it takes for religious, uh, if you don't know the difference between diocesan and religious, first of all, diocesan, like a diocese of Fresno, they only stay in the diocese. Whereas a religious order, 
um, besides having an extra vowel, or actually taking vowels, I should say, um, they uh, they can go wherever their religious order is at. And in our case, it's like in 14, 15 countries or something like that. Um, but anyways, it takes uh, nine years for religious uh, to be ordained a priest, which means uh, having a bachelor's degree, so four years there. And then after your bachelor's degree, you take a one year off uh, from school, not from studying, from school. Um, so you're still studying, but you're studying specifics about your religious order and uh, about your chrisms and, uh, you know, all your history and whatnot uh, of the church, um, or at least our specific place. And you also take like a kind of secluded uh, lifestyle where you have to give up everything that you have, including your cell phone, your car, your laptop, you know, even your clothes to a certain extent. Um, don't show up without clothes, all right? But, uh, you know, w we give up uh, everything, basically, and we start living the vows, which as a religious, we take the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. And um, e even though, uh, like, even though we're not in the vows, we try to completely uh, take them on as we, as if we were. And uh, we we want to see if we're actually capable of living this way. And if we're not, either we're not called or maybe we just are not there yet spiritually. We're not ready um, for such a commitment because right after the novitiate, um, which is what that year is called, um, you have your first vows. So these uh, first temporary vows, they last for a year and then you have to make them three times. And then after the third one, you have the option of doing your perpetual vows, which is your vows forever and ever and ever, you know, locked in. Um, so, you know, you have those three years. And, and anyways, so four years for your bachelor's, then one year for novitiate, and then four years for your theology degree. So you have, uh, you know, two masters in that point, one of divinity and one of uh, theology. Um and uh, with those, one of the, f the first masters is more like just a professional degree, um, so it's not too bad, but it's still, it's still a lot of schoolwork. And then the other one is the theology degree. So right now, um, depending on what year I go into uh, this year, I'm either third or fourth year, which is junior or senior um, for my bachelor's degree. So that means I have about uh, five to six years or seven <laughs> years left depending um on what happens because we still have to follow the regular school curriculum we have to follow all the requirements and whatnot general ed um and then since we're getting a degree in philosophy um we have to do a lot of philosophy which means a lot of writing a lot of writing but it's been very helpful so what advice do you have for individuals who are discerning um so i i would just say honestly just try it um, one of the biggest benefits of uh, being able to kind of look into the religious life or the priesthood um, is that you can actually try it out. You can live it, live how they are living and, you know, have everything completely in effect just at the starting point of your vocational discernment. Whereas uh, when it comes to the married life, um, you can't really try it out <laughs> unless you're committing sin. But, uh, you know, you can't you can't try it out. Um, so I would honestly say just just look into it more, um, delve into it deeper, talk to your, uh, you know, your sisters there at your church or, you know, the priests and ask them, you know, that you want to kind of discern a little further and it doesn't hurt to try. I mean, at the same time, you're, if you enter the seminary and you're not too sure, um, you're still in school and, uh, you know, you're 
you're not losing any time. You're just gaining a deeper sense of spirituality, just like happened with you, um, Juan Carlos. And uh, in that sense, you you don't lose anything. If anything, you gain more. Um, and I remember I had that fear of uh, like, oh man, what if what if I'm not called to it and the girl I like ends up with another guy? And uh, at the, like at the same time, I understand the fear, but it's also a, a, a petty fear, you know. Um, because if you have true trust in God, um, then you know that if you're called to be a priest, if you're called to be a religious, um, God is going to give you everything that you need. And if you're not, well, then that girl will end up waiting for you or uh, something like that. Don't tell her like, Hey, wait for me. That's really selfish. (laughs) Um, (laughs) like, Hey, wait for me. I need to try this out. And then if I don't like it, I I guess I can get with you. Um, but no, don't do that. Um, just, just know that, uh, you know that God is looking out for you, um, so don't have a f- don't have any fears. Um, just go in it, you know, full heart. If you don't give your everything, um, you're gonna feel very sad. Even if it is your calling, you're gonna feel very sad because you're holding something back. Maybe you're uh, um, like if you're in, you know, in this discernment. Maybe you're talking to another girl just in case, you know, for an option. Or maybe you're uh, you know, you're dating somebody and you're doing the opposite. You're looking uh into the religious life and you're kind of neglecting your girlfriend both of those are bad um you should give your all to everything that you do when it comes uh, especially to your spiritual life your eternal happiness um you know you don't want to screw that up uh but yeah honestly just pray 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 um you can't do more than that uh pray <laughs> and when you pray again give it your all um but yeah honestly just talk to your priest uh talk to your religious sister there um that that's all you can really do when you're discerning i love that it's just but do something yeah do, do something, something. Don't, yeah don't be dumb <laughs> yeah yeah but uh yeah don't be lazy if you're lazy uh you're gonna you're gonna fall further down um it's not gonna help out at all i know we could take a lot of of that in in every aspect of wherever we're at in our life if we have an idea for something or we're curious about something or we feel like this is a good idea or maybe this is a good job opportunity or something's going to happen, like, go. Like, research about it. Like, do do something to kind of get more knowledge on it and then jump in, you know? Like, but specifically when it comes to discernment, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I, I love that advice of just, just doing it. There were so many people that back, like, like when I got in uh, to seminary that, that were a lot of talk. And I was just like, well, then sign an application nah but i don't want to or not and i'm like well then just stop like like you're not doing anyone a favor by kind of putting up a front you know so it's like either do it or or don't you know um try to find something but yeah well we're really happy like one that you made the time uh to be here with us because we wanted to tell your story and especially to put a little time cap on this uh this summer where you're at how you're speaking and hopefully in the future uh, God willing, you'll be you'll be farther down the line, and we can get you back on and see where you're at, what's changed, what's been going on. Maybe they'll send you somewhere, and yeah. you know who knows. But um, but we're really happy, we're really proud of you. Like, and I know it's weird to to hear that, like as a seminarian, but like like thank you for for just being an example for for a lot of people here. And um, I know anytime that we give talks, like uh, especially at the youth groups, like we always when it comes to discernment or when it comes to vocation, like we always bring you up like just Cause it's like, this is a person that we knew. Like we would play cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards at his house. Like, <laughs> Don't talk about that. <laughs> like, like, but it's just like, it's good to know. Like 
people that go into priesthood or people that go into religious life, they're normal people. And that's an, another thing that just people need to get through their heads. It, it's not that you're weird, like how you said, like, oh, I like girls, so I figured I could go. No, like, they're normal guys, like, you know, like they like girls, like we all like girls, you know, but it's just it's just something more. You know, some people feel called to something more. Uh, and that's what it is. And, and hopefully we get more vocations, you know, and it all starts with us, with our families. Those of us that are called to married life, it's, it's raising families that um, that kind of support that support vocation, support. Um, talk about our priests, you know, good and, and in good light and stuff like that, because those are the next generation. Right? It's like God willing, like our kids and um, all that stuff. That's that's the next ones to go up. But for now, um, we're really happy that we have a lot of friends that are out there chasing religious vocations and because we need it like in the church, we need it. Um, and we all work together in this whole thing in our parishes, in our churches. And ultimately, so we all have the same goal. Like we all want to go to heaven. So um, we need each other for that. So, uh, yeah. But thank you so much for, for being with us today, Victor. It's, it's, it's been great. I know I, man, I feel like re-inspired again to go. I mean, I already found my vocation, but just, <laughs> Joe, put on I'm going to go. No, again. no, no, not that. <laughs> but, but like to really dig deep into my vocation, I was like, okay, well, what, what do I need to do to kind of, um, fall in love with the vocation again you know like I, i'm in love with my wife you know it's not that uh but to get that back into uh to the role to realize like okay this is why i'm at where i'm at you know mm -hmm. um and it's just a nice reminder and it's just like okay cool like let's do it you know if you guys are going through tough decisions and you don't know what to do but just do it nothing can go well, obviously no 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 think about it pray about it and if it's tugging if it's still tugging at your heart if you're still thinking about it at night when you go to sleep or when you're by yourself if it's something that's still your your mind is obsessed over it then it takes time to go ahead and try it if you're that guy that thinks that girl's cute hey ask her out if she says no now you know your answer or if you're over here thinking you want to go into a seminary or into the convent get in touch with victor get in touch with jessica rays if you're at our parish everyone knows who they are and talk to them pick their brain and at the end of the day just take it do like nike and do it because then regret's gonna eat at you no more don't live with regret just do it take a shot if it's for you cool and if it's not at least, you know, because then when you're 40 years old, I think that's worse when you're living with regret. You know, just go out there and do it. If you have any questions, hit us up on our social media. Any advice we can give you, hit us up. And Are you on social? I am. Oh, where where could people find you? If, if uh, Or do you want people to find you? Sure. Uh, <laughs> Instagram, uh, basically. V-E-S-P-I-8. Uh, Vespi8. Um, if you're interested in a very boring account, uh, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But sometimes you got, yeah, some, some cool places of where you're going or what yeah, you're doing. So. I only post the important things. So yeah. know that I won't cloud your feed, I guess. Yeah. So really cool. So you could find him on Instagram and definitely when we're posting this, uh, episode up, we will tag him in that post. So, uh, yeah, once again, just thank you again, Victor, for, for being here. We'll be praying for you. Keep, keep us in your prayers. Uh, us back here in Madeira trying to do the good work you know that's it from us uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode we will catch you in the next one peace <laughs>